Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, this morning we're wrapping up our series that we've entitled All In. And man, let me tell you, it's been one uh, just amazing series that uh, we've been a part of. We've seen God do so many incredible things in people's lives. I mean, the, the amount of people that have just first and foremost, given their life to Christ over the course of the last several weeks has been just astounding. It's been incredible. And then part of All In, we launched the growth track. And I think last week we had over 70 people in our, in our growth track next steps uh, process. It's just a beautiful thing. And so it's been really fun seeing people taking that next step in their faith. And let me, let me tell you something. You know, part of uh, I feel like my, my uh, calling, and I really believe it's for every follower of Jesus, that is to help others take their next step in their journey of faith. So whether that's full on saying yes to Jesus, that's really exciting. But man, just for some people, just walking in the back doors of a, of a worship gathering, that's a huge step for somebody. And so I call it all wins. And so wherever you're at on your journey of faith, my prayer for you today is that you would take the next step. Maybe the next step for some of you in this room today is, hey, man, I've been following Jesus for a long time. I want to take, it a, I want to take the next step and, and, and maybe find out what it looks like to really serve and, and what it looks like to really be generous in my finances into God's kingdom. I don't know what it looks like for you, but let me tell you, even as a pastor, even someone who's been following Jesus for most of my life, there's, there's more steps that the Lord has for me on my journey of faith, right? And so that's the question I, I, I want you to consider today. Lord, what, what is the next step in my journey with you? And so part of that has come out of this series of All In. And, and, and I, several weeks ago, we started out talking about the kingdom of God. And I wanted to start with that because I feel like the kingdom of God is somewhat foundational to what we believe and, and how this kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom. And, and, the, and we talked about the church and what the, what the church really is. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not brick and mortar. It's not a, a building at all whatsoever. It's you and I, we're the church. Where we go, the church goes with us. And when we begin to understand the reality of that, it's a beautiful thing. We talked about the message of Jesus and, and how that ties in with you and I and and some of us are just hearing the message of Jesus for the first time and receiving that. That is awesome. But others of us are now called to carry his message wherever we go and in some ways be evangelists for the gospel. And so, man, it's been an incredible time. And today, what I want to do is I want to wrap this series up talking about your gifts. How many of you know in this room that God's given you some gifts in your life? He's given you talents, and some of you are like, oh, I don't know yet. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And, and uh, part of this process is discovering what those gifts are. And man, let me tell you, if you need some help with that, go to Growth Track, all right? There's my plug, because part of that is discovering your purpose. And in that step three, which is today, right? Step three, uh, we're discovering who we are, and it's just an incredible thing. So today, I want to talk about your gifts and how your gifts apply to your story and your calling and what God has for you. Ephesians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verse 7, 8, and verse 11. 
But before we read the, uh, the text, I want to give you a little bit of context here. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, and he's wanting them to go all in with their gifts, and he's trying to help them understand why doing so is so important. Let's go to verse 7. This is what it says. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Another translation says, he has given each one of us a spiritual gift through the generosity of Christ. I like how that's worded. Look at verse 8. It says, this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. We're, we're talking about gifts today. So jump down to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles. Apostles are, in essence, missionaries. He, he gave the prophets. Prophets are people who have the gift of flowing in the prophetic word from God. He, he gave the evangelists. These are, these are people who are naturally gifted to share the gospel with everybody they come in contact with. Maybe that's you in here today. My, da my dad is a pastor now, but he, he was an he's an evangelist. I mean, I can't go any. He's like, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? I'm like, dad, can we just order the food? You know what I mean? Um, but so so, so, he, so Jesus gave us the evangelist. It's, it's a gifting. And then the, the pastors, these are people that are called to be stationed in a specific place and help grow a specific flock or people group uh, in the word of God. And then he gave teachers. These are people that are uh, they're, they're gifted with constantly learning and, and teaching things, no matter where they are or what they do. So, 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 so there, there's some gifts from God right there. But let me be very, very clear. These are not the only gifts. Far from it. We talk about it a lot. You, you've got to read Scripture in context. So, so Paul's prime, he's really writing this letter to a group of church leaders. And I would argue to say that he's simply speaking to what he sees in these leaders already. Okay? And so it's very important to understand that, but, th but these aren't the only gifts that God gives. In fact, in 1983, a developmental psychologist named Howard Gardner presented the world with this idea that there are nine types of intelligence. Now, uh, we're Jesus people. How many of you know and, and, and believe that, that our intelligence actually comes from God? Amen. Like intelligence is a gift from God. So he's coming from a scientific place, but what I'm, this list that I'm going to deliver to you, these, these are really, this is, this is really God's gifts to him, humanity, all right? And you'll see some of them on the screen here. He, I'll, I'll just kind of cruise through these, this list here. Number one, naturalist in, intelligence. This is Nature smart. These are, these are people that have gifts in, in hunting and farming, zoologists. Even chefs would fall into this group. The second one is musical intelligence. These are musical smart people, the entire band up here. If you're an instrumentalist, uh, this is one of the gifts that you have. Third one is logical mathematical intelligence. These are numbers people, accountants and architects, math teachers, engineers, anyone that can draw up an idea, right? I struggle in this area, okay? Um, uh, existential intelligence. These are, these are deep thinkers. These are philosophers. These are 
people who are sensitive uh, to, and, and, and into tackling the deep questions of life. This is, a, this is an, an intelligence that this scientist says that people have, and I believe it's truly a gift from God. Number five, interpersonal intelligence. These are, these are people smart people. These are counselors and social workers. They're lay counselors. Number six, bodily kinesthetic intelligence. This is Russell Wilson, okay? Amen. He's, he's got a tough one today, all right? But these are athletes. These are people that are personal trainers. Once again, this is not me, all right? Number seven, linguistic intelligence, word smart. These are writers and storytellers. This is that group that lives in Gig Harbor and writes those novels. You know what I'm talking about? Like, this is, this is a certain kind of gifting and intelligence, right? Number eight, intrapersonal intelligence. This is a self-smart gift. These are people that focus on self-motivation and inner self. These are psychologists. These are spiritual leaders. These are pastors. These are gurus, okay? They're priests. It's, it's the person that speaks to the inner man, right? It's a gift. It's an intelligence. And here's number nine, spatial intelligence. These are artists. These are creative types. It's a picture smart. Hey, let me just say this right now. These nine, and scratch the surface. There's so many more. And the question is, Jay, why did you just read that entire list? And it's, I, I read it because it's so important to understand that God gives us so many different gifts and it's not just limited to the few that Paul mentioned in this passage of Scripture of here. And I know people that have said, man, I've read that passage of Scripture before, and, and I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not an apostle. I'm not, an evan- I'm not a pastor. God's not going to use me. I, I beg to differ. He has so many gifts and assignments for each and every one of us. So with that in mind, knowing that God provides so much to us in the area of giftings, the question is why? Why has, he, why has he been so gracious to give us these gifts? Go back to the text, verse 12, chapter 4 of Ephesians. Paul answers that. Here's what it says. The reason why we get these gifts is to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, I know that's really wordy and and kind of almost feels overdone, but here's the short answer. We all have specific gifts that God wants us to go all in with. Why? Because God wants to equip his people. That's you. He wants to equip you. He wants to resource you so that the body of Christ will become even that much more unified. Why is that important? So we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Why is that important? So that we can now go out and represent Jesus in a very dark world. That is why he gives us, he so graciously gives us these gifts to equip us, to unify us, to make us look more like him so that we can be his hands and feet outside these four walls. Amen? Okay, so we, 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 have, we understand the why now. So just for a couple of minutes here, this is what I want to do. I, I want to I I talk about what does it look like to go all in with our gifts. And I want to talk about a few areas that God wants to use in the context of this conversation. Here's the first one. This is what, this is what God wants to use 
in us as we, as we exercise the gifts that he's given us. And that is, number one, our strengths. God wants to use your strengths. I can remember um, when, our, when our daughter, Israel, our firstborn, was coming. She was coming from the stork, man. It was, it was I'm telling you, it was, I was so excited. We, we, it was our first baby. And man, I was pumped up. And I can remember... I had this very romantic idea of, of building her first chest of drawers in her little room in our dumpy little apartment there in North Hollywood. And, and I can remember this room was about this big, but we were going we to make it the greatest little nursery ever. You don't talk, any parents in the room, you know what I'm talking about? And we were just going to make it happen. And so we went to that high-end store, very, very, very high-end store, Ikea, and and, you know, that I have a love-hate relationship with. My, my wife has a love-love uh, relationship with Ikea because she just, she has some of these giftings that I don't. And I can remember we're walking around this, this high-end luxury uh, retail store and, and I, found, I found the chest, little pink thing about this big. And I was like, I, I'm the man of the house. I'm dad. I'm daddy. I'm gonna build this thing, Right? And I can remember I got the box home and ah, got in the car and carried up nine flights of stairs, you know, and got it in that little dumpy room and opened it up, man. And, and uh, I, I quickly found out that Ikea has its own world of nuts and bolts and tools. But that didn't stop me because I was going to build this thing for my little girl. And, I, and my wife said, you know, honey, I'm, I'm uh, just, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I'm, I'm a little bit better at this than you, you know. <laughs> Get out of my way, woman. Oh, this is all mine. And I can remember I got, I didn't, I didn't even need the directions, you know what I mean? And, and, I, <laughs> and I said, kind of separated it, you know. And, and man, how many of you know I, I, I put that thing together? Although when I looked down, half the bag of stuff of little bolt was still in there. And how many of you know that I kind of threw in some of my own nails and my own glue that I brought along, and, 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 and my wife came in and said, that's not going to work. And I said, it's going to work. It's perfect. No, it's not going to work. And she kind of just leaned on it. The whole thing just went, Brah, right? It's like totally broke, right? How many of you know that that, that really isn't in my wheelhouse? Okay. <laughs> Building is, and I joke about this a lot here on stage, but it's just not, that's not really my world. That's, that's not one of my strengths, right? Here's what I want you to know about that. The Lord wants you to use your strengths, the natural things that he's so graciously given you, right? The, the thing that you're bent towards, use that to fulfill your destiny. He's, he's given you strengths, and, and, the, and, 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 the, and if you're not good at that thing, man, compensate. <laughs> so bring someone alongside you to, to do that other stuff, but focus, focus on the strengths that, that you have. It's part of your calling. And how, how many of you know that sometimes God even gives you strengths in different seasons of your life and sometimes we don't even realize that we have those strengths until it's time to swing the bat, right? The other part of that story was, is that, I don't know, for nine months while my wife was pregnant, 
I think we had the conversation every other night. Honey, I'm just not ready for this. I'm not strong. I'm going to be a terrible parent. I've never done this. I'm just being honest, parents. You know what I'm talking about. And I can remember even times where she was crying. I don't think I can do this. I'm not strong enough. And how many of you know that little girl came out kicking and screaming? And I I met a new woman. (laughs) Exactly. I, I met Mother Ashley. And it was like, we'd have conversations like, I didn't even know I could do this. What's that all about? God will give you strengths depending on the season of life you're in. So it's almost like two categories. There's strengths that you know that he's given you, but let me tell you that there's seasons that are coming your way that you might not feel prepared for, but when you get that, you're gonna quickly realize that there was something inside of you, a strength that you didn't know you had, that he's going to reveal to you, and you're gonna be able to use it in that season. I hope that encourages somebody today. So, 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 so God says, you use the strengths that I have given you so graciously. In fact, there's this book um, that, that the premise of this is, is called Strength Finders. It's a great book where you take these you know, different tests and stuff and, and, and you begin to find out what your strengths are. And the whole premise of the book is focus on your strengths and don't get so hung up on the areas that you're weak in, Right? So that's the first one. Here's the second one. And the second one here, you know, it's easy. Yeah, the strengths. Okay, great. How many of you know that God also wants to use your struggles? He wants to use your strengths, but this is kind of crazy. He actually, he actually wants to use the things that you struggle with in life. And man, I'm talking about Paul. <laughs> I'm talking about one of the fathers of our faith. I, I, I'm talking about a man who... who heard the voice of the, the spirit of Jesus. Actually, his vo- he had a, almost a conversation with G- on that road to Damascus. This is a man who had revelation of God's word, wrote most of the New Testament, and had a few struggles in his life. And he wasn't quiet about his struggles. Look what he says here, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 5, the second half of it, it says, On my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Now, let me just stop right there. What he's about to do and say is so counterculture to society. No CEO is sending this email out to his thousand employees, okay? This is this following Jesus stuff is counterculture. Now, now watch how crazy talk Paul, Paul's about to deliver here. He says, on my own behalf, I'm not going to boast except of my weaknesses. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Verse eight, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Aren't you grateful for that? Therefore, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses 
so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. That's crazy talk, Paul. I delight, like I, like I'm, like I get excited about it. I'm happy about my weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's an insane thing that he wrote, that he's, he delights in his weaknesses. He's, his attitude, his approach to them is totally different than the average person. So, so what's, he, what's he really talking about here? He's talking about the fact that he has this constant battle. He describes it as this thorn in his flesh. And scripture isn't clear about what the thorn specifically is, but we know it's constant. And we just read that Paul says that he asked God to take it away. And the Lord said, no, Paul, I'm not going to take it away. I'm actually going to use it for me. You see, God didn't give Paul his struggle. He didn't give him his thorn, but he allowed it. And he used it for his glory. The question is, how does God use our struggles? Just like scripture says, dealing with Paul's thorn in his flesh, it kept him humble. It kept him humble. And struggles keep us relying on God's strength and not our own. Your struggles in your life will keep that humility muscle working inside of you. It will keep you going to the feet of Jesus. It's always in the back of your mind. It's always a reminder that it's not about you. It's not about the strength. It's not about you conjuring up the answer. It's all about him. And when we're able to take all of our weaknesses and struggles and give them to him, he can use them. And it keeps us humble. And that's the calling for the Christian. That, that, that is the calling for the follower of Jesus. And Jesus displayed humility better than any of us ever will. And so your struggle, don't, don't, don't push it away and just pretend it doesn't exist. Allow it to be used for his glory. And in the process, it will keep us low. It'll keep us close to the feet of Jesus. It'll keep us at the cross. It's a beautiful thing. Your struggle can be a gift that God can use in you if you allow it. Can any of you relate to this? <laughs> I know I can. I, I joke from time to time that I've got a little bit of hypochondriac in me, all right? And over the years, I've gotten better at it. But man, when I was a kid, I was dying from everything. You know what I mean? And, and if we, if, if we all go to eat and my mom's at the table, she'll tell the silliest stories of me, you know, rush me to the ER, you know, whatever. Like, and uh, it's always been kind of a joke. But, but as I got older, I began to understand that one of my struggles, and, and I've gotten a lot better at it over the years, but man, there were some seasons in my life where, where I really dealt with anxiety. And some of it's some really irrational anxieties. And what I've and, and for a, for a long I was embarrassed about it. I'm I'm the man. I'm not scared of anything, man. And the Holy Spirit began to work on me to change the way I approached it. And let me tell you that that little 
that little thorn that I've had to deal with over the years um, has kept me humble. But you know what it's done for me? It's made me a better pastor. I mean, because, you know, in a room this size, there's a couple of you that deal with this too. And, and what's been so beautiful is I've been able to sit at Starbucks with folks who, who, who battle fear and anxiety and, and depression and different things like this. And, and I've been able to, in, in, in a way, relate to them and, and, and empathize and understand. And not all the time did I have the right thing to say, but man, I was a good listener. And they, they sensed that. And, and some beautiful things happened through healing just because I was able to just humble myself Say, Lord, maybe you can use this thing that feels like it's debilitating from time to time. And so, so, so use that, all right? Use those struggles. It's your strengths, your struggles. Here's the last one. And forgive me if I harp on this one too much, but it's our story. I'm telling you, he wants to use our story. He wants to use your story. And not just a sliver of it. He wants to use the whole thing. He, he wants to use the, the past, JF, too. You know what I'm talking about? He, he doesn't want to just use your conversion story. He, he doesn't want to just, hey, I'm a small group leader and man, miracles and all this stuff. No, no, he, he, wants, he wants to use the other stuff too. As the band comes back and we close with this, I'm reminded in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, I'm going to close with this little thought and then we'll pray. But I, I'm, I'm reminded that before St. Paul was named Paul, he was not so St. Saul, <laughs> Right? And Saul is this, is this you know, modern-day terrorist. He's not just persecuting people of the way. By the way, did you know that, that the early church, that they were actually called the way? Isn't that a cool name? Like, like I'm a part of the way. Man, if we ever change our name, our, the church name, let's just be the way, man. I just love that. Um, but, but, but he was actually killing and persecuting people that were now followers of Jesus. And he's, he's, on, he's, he's literally traveling to Damascus for some more executions, right? People know he's coming. And he's on this road. I've, 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 and I think I've mentioned this before. I, I was in Lebanon many years ago, and I stood up on this hillside, and there's this valley that goes from Lebanon to, to uh, Syria. And it's just this, and, and I'm telling you, you can go there today, and there's this one road, that leads from Lebanon across the desert, across the valley into Damascus. And you know what that road's called? The road to Damascus. And on that road, Paul has this, this, this supernatural encounter with the Spirit of Christ. And he's blinded, and you can read about the whole story. And he goes into town, and Ananias uh, has a conversation with God, and he's, God tells him, hey, I want you to go in, and you're going to place your hands on Paul's eyes, and he's going to be healed. And and, 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 and the reason why is because he's been actually having visions of you coming to do that. And you can read about it. I'm paraphrasing. Ananias is like, no way, God. I'm not doing that. Like, do you know who this do you, 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 He's coming here to kill me. You want me to go pray for the guy who's coming here to kill me? And God says, yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm going to let him know. <laughs> I'm going to let him know and experience persecution for himself. Am I right? You, I mean, you can read about it. And so sure enough, Ananias goes and, and, he, and he lays his hand on and, and Paul's eyesight or Saul's eyesight is restored and his name is changed to Paul and he, and he starts his ministry. But here's what I want you to get. Scripture goes on to say that people 
in the city and surrounding areas got to talk him. They got to text him. We, we hear some crazy stuff went down. Old Saul, man, what is this? He's not here to kill us, but he's actually here to preach the gospel? You gotta be kidding me. I wanna go see that. Find out for myself if it's really true. And I, I, was, I was studying this week and I read over that a bunch of times and I was just like, Lord, what, what do you want me to share with my friends this Sunday regarding that thought? And I, 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 and I don't always say stuff like this, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, son, there was a group of people who the only reason why they were open to hearing the message of Jesus is because they heard about an old messed up dude named Saul, a guy who was actually killing believers, who was persecuting people of the way. And the only reason why they were even coming out to hear the gospel, to hear the message, is because they wanted to see if it was actually true or not. They literally weren't coming out because they only knew about Paul's incredible writing and his incredible church planting. They were coming out because they knew who he really used to be and they wanted to see if it was true or not. And here's how this applies to you. There's people in this room. You, 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 you've been, here's all in over here and you've been here for 15 years because you're too afraid to allow the Holy Spirit to use all that other part of your story. And you've allowed the enemy to keep you right here. And I want you to know something. Yes, of course, the enemy wants to take you out. He wants to kill you. But man, if he can just, if he can just keep you from doing nothing, he's winning. And I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of Christians, none in here, but all out there. there, there there's a ton of Christians, man, that, that love Jesus. They believe, and actually they're going to heaven, but they're spending life here on earth here. And the reason why is because the enemy has gotten their ear and said, well, man, you used to be a, you used to kill Christians. You used to be a persecutor. Yeah, you, you were a religious person, right? Paul, you can't do, but I'm telling you, Something happened in Paul where he just said, you know what, I'm stepping out. But here's the thing. He still wrote about the jerk he used to be. Like he didn't like, he hasn't denied that. Like, oh yeah, I, I wiped clean my Facebook page. There's nothing there anymore, <laughs> right? But there's some of us who do that. Oh, hey, let, me, let me take it. Tell me about your life. Well, uh, man, God's good. And uh you know, ever since I've been saying, I'm like, well, tell me about who you used to be. People kind of clam up. Am I? I did this literally last week. I sat with a brother and, and he, was, he was kind of beating around the bush of who he used to be. And I said, and you know, God's doing it. And I'm like, I believe you. Tell me about that. And man, we got to peel back the layers. And it was a beautiful thing watching this happen. And I said, use that part of your story. There's people that are going to come to Christ because they, they're like, there's no way. There's no way. I gotta, there's people that are going to literally, I believe it, of course, through the, through, through, the, through, the, through the process of the Holy Spirit. But I believe that there's people 
that are going to want to sit down for coffee because they just don't believe. They, they don't believe that God really did that. And you're like, Sarah? Pfft, you got to... She, she leads a Bible? What are you talking about? I'm going to that because I want to find out. And, she, and she's going to go and go to Sarah's small group and she's going to be like, oh my, this is real. And she's going to accept Jesus. It happens all the time. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to use every part of your giftings, every part of your strengths within those giftings, every part of the struggle, and most importantly, the entire part, the entirety of your story. Bow your heads across the side of your Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.